G'day wrestling fans, Chris Funder here with Fruity Alex for another edition of Wrestling Style, coming off the fourth annual Wazzies. How you doing, mate? Oh, what a glorious time we had at the Wazzies. I felt like Dwayne Johnson at the Grammys last night. Uh, I thought just... you were going to say you felt like Fev at the Brownlow. Oh, well, <laughs> well, yes. Oh, fantastic <laughs> reference. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I always wanted Fev to be a wrestler. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, man, uh, we got a lot to catch up on today. Uh, the Wazzies were fantastic. Um, be interesting to see who's rising star this year breaks out, but we'll see. Yes, yes, indeed. You can go back and uh, listen to that in uh, all its glory. I suppose uh, we have missed a, a couple of weeks here and there with a uh, work not lining up as it normally does and uh me having the weekend off uh we decided not to record on the weekend and now we're here we are late at night uh should we get into it and just go from wrestle kingdom night two and just briefly touch over what we've missed the past few weeks yeah let's talk about it uh okay so wrestle kingdom 14 night two yokohama uh this was mainly a bunch of um Congo versus LIJ matches, best of five in the main event here. Did you happen to catch this show at all? I saw, uh, yeah, I saw pretty much from the Kea Mea Okada match onwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was a fine um, sort of um, co-promoted show. Um, I think we briefly touched on this at the passing of... Um, of Jay Briscoe mentioning how at the top of the show they did have the joint uh, memorial to kick off the show. But I thought, yeah, this was a fine little show. Nothing too special stood out to me. Uh, Match-wise, what about yourself? uh, Match-wise, you can't beat... um, You can't beat Nakajima and Shingo. That that was always going to be the best match. I have no idea why it didn't main event. Let's be real. Um, well, actually, there is one reason why it didn't main event is because of what happened after the Naito Keno match. But yeah. the biggest standout for this whole show to me was the Okada Kamea thing. With um, with Okada having uh, who was it Inamura in a headlock. And then Kamea just runs in and starts kicking the shit out of Okada. And Okada's just no selling, no selling, no selling. And then he kicks him flat in the face. And if that wasn't a potato... doesn't hold it. Yeah, and then he just kicks him smack bang in the face. And then Okada just goes nuts. And just starts murdering him on the outside. And it's the first time in a long time I've seen that sort of um, an angle, that sort of an angle from New Japan where someone just, like, loses their shit and just starts brawling outside and throws the match out. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic because it's never done. Oh, boy. Uh, From there, did you happen to catch uh, any of the New Beginning shows that New Japan has had recently? No, I didn't. Okay, uh... I'm just having a quick look over here. Uh, New Japaning. New, new Beginning. <laughs> new Japaning. 
yes, I've tried to combine Nagoya and Beginning there for some reason. Nothing really of note on there, just a bunch of uh, tag matches to kick off the tour. New Beginning in Sapporo, Night 1. Uh, this featured Will Ospreay against Tai Chi in a special singles match. Really good match. I hear you stopping They're there. both heels. They're both heels. Yes. Why are they having a match? Uh, I don't know. And uh, Naito taking on Shooter in the uh, main event of that night. Another good match. Uh, the problem I have with New Japan tours is it's a lot of still undercard tags. <laughs> and it's like yeah. one or two good shows, uh, like good matches. Two shows, two singles matches, and both of those happened in the second night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, the other big night of New Beginning, Sapporo Night 2, saw Zack defending the TV title against Tomohiro Ishii, retaining it there. TMDK losing their title challenge against Bushimun. Mm. And Hiromu is still junior champ, defeating Yo, while Kushida's off in impact. I have no idea what they're doing with this junior division. I thought the whole plan was to have Hiromu win so you could have him versus Kushida to pass the torch. But uh, uh, I, guess I think it... we're saving that for a bigger show. Uh, yeah, What's the next this... bigger show, Dominion? Yeah, but they've got this uh, Super Juniors tournament next month, whatever it is. Uh, right. Six different promotions. Uh, did you catch New Japan Strong, how they're changing their broadcasts? No. Okay, so New Japan... In uh in America now is all gonna fall under the strong umbrella. So strong live is now pay-per-view service. You have to buy to watch that show live, which includes uh Battle in Los Angeles or whatever the Sasha Banks show is called. Yeah. And on demand is going to be well, obviously VOD on demand, but it's gonna be split across a month in like one hour segments. Of like two or three matches. Oh my god, this sounds horrible. This is a terrible decision when fans are already stretched enough for money. And I'm not sure if the Japanese version is going to be live on New Japan World without the English commentary. But if that's the case, I'm just going to watch it in Japanese like I used to watch a lot of the New Japan stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Battle in the Valley is what the uh, next event is for New Japan. That will be, yeah, the uh, Strong Live will be the TV, uh, sorry, the pay-per-view format. Strong On Demand will be the TV format, which sees it split up into March 4th, week one, two matches. March 11th, week two, three matches. March 18th, week three, two matches. March 25th, Week four, three matches. And uh, goes on here in the post-wrestling article to list other upcoming dates that will also fall under this new system. Wow. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? Yeah, no, that sounds horrendous. What are they doing? Uh, so announced for Battle in the Valley, as we look over here, we have on the kickoff or the pre-show, Bobby Fish versus David Finley. J.R. Kratos versus Alex Coughlin in two singles matches. Anything there take your fancy? Uh, no, no. 
no. Okay. I, I don't. I don't mind Jr. Kratos though. Yeah, he seems for obvious, to be for obvious big boy reasons. <laughs> yes, he just seems to be one of those guys who doesn't get uh, that much exposure at the moment with where he is. Yeah. So following that, we have um, the actual pay per view portion itself. Now we sees the. IWGP women's title, Kari defending against Mercedes Monet. Uh, we see the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Openweight title where Fred Russell will defend against Kenta. We see a singles match of Eddie Kingston versus Jay White. A Filthy's Rules fight, which don't ask me what that is because I have no idea. Homicide versus Tom Lawler. For the New Japan Strong Openweight Tag Team Championship, we see Motor City Machines Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban versus the West Coast Wrecking Wrecking Crew of Joel Nelson and Royce Isaacs. And an eight-man tag has also been added to this card, which involves Rocky Romero, because, of course, it does. Yeah. I mean, a a few good matches there. Interesting to see uh, what's with Kingston and White. Yeah, a... Eddie, Eddie Kingston and White is probably the match I'm more interested in. Um, has the Hiko Leo J White thing happened yet? Um, the loser leaves New Japan. Not that I know. I'll, I'll bring up a Jason quickly while Alex uh, reminds me of that. Um. No, it hasn't. Uh, no. Tag match there. Tag match there. No, so I, I, don't, I don't know when it's happening then. No, nor am I. Um, um, so, Battle in the Valley. Actually, I can bring up New Japan World on my uh, computer here. So, I'm just having a look. And well, while you search that up, did you know that Carl Fredericks signed with NXT? Fredericks did? Yes. No, I had no idea. Yeah, so um, someone put up a thing the other day. It was like, oh, be cool if that if WWE decided to debut all their new signings from the past month this week at TakeOver. And it said, oh, yeah, you, you show Dragon Lee... Carl Fredericks and Colby Carino in the crowd. I was like, what? Those three signed? Uh, I had no idea Carl Fredericks even left New Japan. <laughs> and Colby's there now? Apparently Colby Carino's part of NXT now too. Oh, well, the, the, the Colby I'm thing is a rumour. To a tour of NXT. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, on the New Japan World website, it does have Bell in the Valley listed Live with Japanese commentary. Oh, there you go. So I'll probably be watching uh, Kari and Monet with the uh, Japanese commentary. As much as I love the English, I'm not forking out 10 to 20 bucks just to watch that show. (laughs) New Japan Strong is not at that level yet where it demands that of me. Um, No. Did you want to touch on Tamashi whilst we're talking New Japan as well? Oh, let's touch on it. Okay, uh, so two uh, cards held over the past week, kicking off things on the 3rd of February in Sydney, saw a bunch of matches, including Tamashi's first women's match. 
Charlie Evans versus Jessica Troy. I don't have the results here in front of me at the moment. I've just got the uh, card. Uh, that match is like ice cream. Doesn't matter the weather, the mood you're in, or whatever. It's always going to go down a treat. <laughs> uh, Velocity's also making on the card. Carter Deans against Jake Taylor, uh, representing the Nations. Adam Hoffman and Mick Moretti against Richard Malou and Victor Langers. Langers. <laughs> That's such not an it. Aussie sounding name, even if he's not Aussie. Like, Langer. <laughs> Sorry? Langer. Langer, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> United Empire appearing on this tour of um, Aaron Hanare and Carl Fletcher against the Rogue Army. That's Bad Luck Farley and Jack Bonzer, who joined Bullet Club. We so see. The yeah. Rogue Army isn't Bullet Club, is it? It's like a faction of Bullet Club. Uh, it's like how House of Torture is its own unit in Bullet Club. Yeah. Oh, they need to fuck off with this. Bullet <laughs> <laughs> Club has to be as big as what NWO was around. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is bigger. Oh, hang on. You know how NWO had New World Order Japan? This is just Bullet Club Australia. <laughs> Bullet Club Australasia. Oh, it is too. Oh, you've even you've even got Bullet Club New York with AJ and Doc, uh, <laughs> Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, and apparently Mia Yim. Then you got Bullet Club Florida with bloody with bloody Kenny and the Bucks. <laughs> oh yeah, Bullet Club, I guess, uh, Tennessee <laughs> with Chris Bay and Ace Austin. <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, I mean, you could probably chuck Jeff Jarrett in there, technically. Yeah, oh, goodness. Uh, so Scott Lamore, actually, he was a member of Bullet Club. Oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> we see Liber Lucci take on Andrew Villabos, uh, Ricky South take on Michael Richards, and I'm not sure if this was the main event or not, but uh, advertised here as well as the final match on the card. Aaron Solo versus Robbie Eagles. Aaron yeah. Solo doing a bit of work in this part of the world. Yeah, yeah. He um, he was on that New Japan show that was in Australia as well. I've, I, I, I can't remember which show it was, but Gino wore, like, Timberland's boots and got te- torn apart online for wearing them. <laughs> It was like these bright, like real light brown coloured boots that didn't match his black singlet and everyone tore him to shreds online. But yeah, yeah, Aaron Solo was on that New Japan card a few years back in Australia and now he's on this one. Uh, So then night two on the 4th of February, coming to you from the Caxton in Melbourne, uh, (laughs) just down the road from the Thornbury Theatre. So... Yeah, I actually checked this up. It is like two blocks down from the Formbury Theatre. So it saw uh, opening, well, in the first match announced anyway on the card, Gore teaming with Jake Andrew Arthur. Ooh. Uh, I'm just having a quick look through any other known names here. Andrew Villabos and Michael Richards took on Rogue Army, Barley and Bonza. The Natural Classics, Stevie Philippe and Tom Philippe took on Jake Taylor and... Jordan Alexander Wright. Lightbird Lucci took on Mitch Waterman. Banger. I bet that was a banger. Slex 
versus Aaron Solo. Yeah. Robbie Eagles versus Cole Fletcher. Oh, in my veins, please. <laughs> Actually, that's an interesting point. I don't know if they've ever had a uh, a singles match at I least can't since think of it. modern uh, incarnation of PWA's VOD. I'm almost and, ready for a Carl Fletcher Jr. title run. Yeah, and Aaron Hanare versus uh, Caveman Unfair to close out the show. And I believe this is where Caveman Ugg joins the Rogue Army. Okay, so Alex already knows what's uh, going on there. <laughs> so uh, night one, we saw uh, Bonza and Farley induct the next member into the Rogue Army, which was Liar Bird Lucci. Oh, I didn't know about that one, though. <laughs> there you go. And then, uh, the following night on the uh, 4th in Melbourne, at the end of the show, they induct Caveman Ugg. I'll see if I can bring up that uh, photo quickly. But, yes, uh, I'm part of Bullet Club. Uh, that is the weirdest fit. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too, on paper, because Ugg's character is always played off somebody else. In prehistoric death cult, he played off of um, Eric Reed. And, yeah. uh, uh, um, unless he decides to completely drop the caveman gimmick now, which... Like, even just looking at that photo, he's dropped a bit of the facade for that photo. Yeah, so, so showing these two photos here put out by uh, the New Japan Pro Wrestling Tamashi Twitter account to Alex. And, uh, yeah, Ugg uh, uh, joining uh, Bullet Club there. And you can see the uh, the three different shirt the uh, Bullet Club members are wearing. Barlane is Rogue General Skull shirt. Bonds are in that sort of splatter uh, ink block version of the uh, Bullet Club on a white t-shirt. And then Liber Lucci wearing the actual Rogue Army t-shirt, which is not a good-looking shirt. <laughs> no, it's horrendous looking. Um, <laughs> it's like the CM Punk, like, X-Arms, but it's doing the Hardy Boys uh, finger pistols. It's like, are you are you Jeff Hardy? Are you Phil Brooks? Make your mind up, bro. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it'll be exciting to see once that's all uh, edited, processed, put on a VOD for the viewing public. Uh. And yeah, still no Wagga dates. Announce Wagga. Yeah, hurry up. Uh, I suppose speaking of New Japan though, Kota Ibushi. Uh, free agent and going to GCW for the collective? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kota Ibushi is probably, like, he's probably been top three on my bucket list for Bloodsport. And <laughs> it's official. He's going to be at Bloodsport. And that's fucking amazing. I, I don't even know who is wrestling at Bloodsport. I don't care. Um, it doesn't matter who. Um, actually, I, I think it's, I think it's Speedball Mike Bailey, from memory. Oh, I'm that pretty would be good. Yeah, so it's just going to be a whole heap of flippy floppy kicks. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> like, I'm going to do a cartwheel and then get murdered in the face by a kick. All right, now you do a cartwheel. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you Bailey. go. Bailey versus Ibushi, that is nuts. 
that uh, main event's a blood sport, I'm assuming. It fucking should, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I want, I just want Abushi to walk through that curtain already in Super Saiyan Abushi mode, where he's just got that blank look on his face. You know that one I'm talking about. Yeah. When he would get into those big matches, and then he'd hit a point where his face just goes completely expressionless, and he starts murdering. I want him to walk out in that mood and just go like that from the start. Um, Mark Mark Bailey's going to do a tremendous job of selling those kicks too. Oh, that might be like outside of Mania. That might be the highlight of the weekend for me. Oh yeah. Um, do you think Coda goes to all elite? I think so. It has to happen, right? Does he spend a bit of time off whilst they um, figure out what they're doing with Kenny and the Bucks and the trio's titles and moving that onwards and then maybe putting the uh, Golden Lovers back together eventually down the line? I think your best use. What was the one thing New Japan never gave us? Kenny versus Kota? Yeah, I think the best use is to bring him into feud with Kenny. Yeah, yeah. Straight off the bat, then you do the Golden Lovers reunion down the line sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, you you have them have a blood feud, and, you know, how did Kota Ibushi make his mark in the world of professional wrestling? He was a youngster in DDT that was <laughs> making viral moments. Yeah, there's a video of him on the car top in London shooting fireworks off his chest. Yeah. But in essence, he was a really good technical, hard-hitting wrestler that was the young rising star in DDT, and then he got swooped up by a bigger promotion. Yeah. AEW has someone exactly the same as that on their roster. Kanosuke Takeshita. They do too. And what if... Kenny starts feuding with Takeshita, and then Kenny in the process to... This is after he drops the trio's belts, which I think they dropped the belts at Revolution against probably the House of Black or something like that, because that needs to happen. Um, Yes, because the House always wins. Indeed. Indeed they do. (laughs) Except, you know, in wrestling matches on television. Um, But anyway, um, you have the late drop the belts and then Kenny like has a match with Takeshita and Takeshita somehow manages to win. Kenny snaps. He goes back in the cleaner mode and then the, the say fucking double or nothing Omega versus Takeshita. Omega wins by cheating and then just keeps beating him up and then out comes Kota. And in the, all in the meanwhile, I don't know if you've noticed this, they're sort of teasing Hangman getting back together with the Elite. Yeah. I mean, Dark Order's doing nothing. You might as well put Hangman back with the Elite. Yeah, and they're sort of teasing Hangman going a little heelish. Ooh. So why don't we bring back, put back together the second ever AEW Tag Champs to go up against Takeshita and Ibushi, and you do Hangman Omega, Takeshita Ibushi down the road. 
Oh, geez, Alex has got all this mapped out, and I'll put him on the spot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think the obvious landing place is uh, AEW for to, um, not I to cast for <laughs> Ibushi there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but should he go there, or should he go somewhere where he has unfinished business? We're bringing back the Cruiserweight Classic. <laughs> Who bet Coda? Um, was it Grand Metalik or was it uh, TJP? Oh, fuck. I'm going to have to pull out the Google machine on this. Okay. <sighs> Alexa has a look there because one of them I, bet Jack and one of them bet Coda. Oh, man. that's It's so unreal in hindsight, too. Fucking TJP, the the nobody bump taker of the United Empire. Because <laughs> he has Francisco Akira. All right. Grand Metalik beat Zack Sabre Jr. That is so odd on paper. <laughs> and TJP beat Kota Ibushi. Okay, so uh, Kota's going back to uh, New Japan to beat up TJP to get his win back. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's going to (laughs) happen. Speaking of things that aren't going to happen, did you happen to catch Impact's Hard to Kill from the 13 for the first? Oh, mate, what do you think? Yes. (laughs) I did, yes. Really? (laughs) I did. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to touch on some of the main matches here because the uh, talking points on a lot of this has probably been lost. Uh, kicking the show off with the full medal mayhem match of Josh Alexander defending the Impact World title against Bully Ray. Yes, it's Bully Ray in 2023, but I thought it was an all right match from it, Josh. It was, a, it was a pretty good match. Um, lots of emotion involved with Josh Alexander's wife. Tommy Dreamer coming out at one point. We could probably chill on the Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray, ECW nostalgia. We can fuck off with that now. Was it Raven on commentary during this show as well? Yeah. <laughs> he was actually good on commentary. Raven's Raven has needed to be a commentator for years. I don't know why it's only just happening now. Yeah, fair. Uh, also, going through the show to the main event, Impact Knockouts, world title match, uh, Jordan Grace, the defending champion, versus Mickey James with her career on the line as part of Mickey James' last rodeo. All Mickey James's family's there ringside. Was it Victoria they showed in the crowd, bawling her eyes out? Uh, some say Victoria, other people say Tara. Oh, yes, with the tarantula, I forget about that. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I should be saying that because it is impact. Uh, yes, but surprisingly, Mickey gets a win here and she celebrates in the ring with her whole family and uh, she uh, wins her career threatening streak of uh, matches. So she is now Impact Knockouts champion yet again. Yeah, so now what's the deal? She can lose matches now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Uh, just... I, I thought the whole payoff would be that she still has to keep winning matches and then when she finally loses the belt, she retires. But who am I to tell them what to do? Oh, she's getting up there, catching up to Charlotte, five-time Impact Women's <laughs> Champion, five-time WWE Champion. 
Charlotte uh, Flair is champion. Charlotte Flair wins five titles in her sleep, mate. Come on. <laughs> Which she's basically been wrestling like she's been asleep for the past two, three years anyway. But that's uh, not the point. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can uh, get there soon. I suppose um, the last time we talked, uh, well, we actually talked the last time was the uh, Jay Briscoe uh, tribute show because the uh, Wazzies were in the can a bit early, lifting uh, the veil on the back of the curtain here, a little uh, peek behind the scenes. Uh, did you watch the Ring of Honor Jay Briscoe tribute and celebration of the life? Uh, that's happened? Yeah, yeah. So it's on Ring of Honor YouTube now. I didn't even know that's been released. Yeah. Wow. I've, I've watched... I've even watched, like, AEW Dark this week, and I didn't <laughs> know that this has been released. Yeah, they've done a poor job of um, advertising it on AEW, I will say that. Um, a lot of nice tributes thrown in here, a lot of older matches as well, as well as a few newer matches. Uh, I'll be honest, it took me a few sittings to get through not because it was bad or its length which is three hours it's just yeah it was still very emotional when i saw it um i i did yeah i did did actually watch some of the actual funeral that was live streamed on youtube yeah go ahead um mark briscoe comes up and he's just (laughs) he's like oh it's hard to tell this joke whilst, like, over audio, but he's like, oh, it reminds me of this one time I was walking past a, a graveyard um, and I see a man and he's just squatting. He's just hand on the, on the tombstone and he's just squatting. And I just say, morning. He goes, nah, shitting. <laughs> he's not morning, he's shitting. And and the entire joint just lost their shit, and and like it's a fairly heavily religious funeral too, and the priest just lost their shit too. Um, The only clip I've seen of that was when um, Mark first approaches the uh, podium, for lack of a better word, and he goes, "Wow, hell of a house today." Yeah, hell of a house, brother. Um, yeah, and then he just like, yeah, talks about it how oh, there ain't no man better at getting color than my boy Jay. <laughs> and yeah, it was just, it wasn't like a sad eulogy or anything. It was just like, oh man, I'm so lucky to have had my brother. And yep. it was so, it was so nice. It was so lovely. Like, Someone shared the clip online, and I was like, oh, I don't really want to watch this. But then someone sh- shared just, like, the 10-second clip of him talking, telling that horrible joke about shitting. <laughs> and I was like, oh, i got to check this out. And, like, all the comments were like, oh, man, this isn't even a sad thing. It's just, like, it's, it's just a celebration of life. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was beautiful. Uh Touching on AEW recently, at least, um, we saw Darby defending the TNT title 
against Australia's own Buddy, uh, Buddy Matthews going 12-48 with Darby retaining. Yeah. Uh, Buddy Matthews, like, hitting Rhea Ripley's submission hold at one point. <laughs> ah, all the Aussies got to look out for one another. Well, especially when they're dating. <laughs> okay, so it is public knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, during that episode of AEW, Rhea Ripley just tweets hashtag Buddy Matthews, and that was it. <laughs> At the very moment that that submission hold came on. Ah, fair enough. Uh, and in the main event coming to you from Lexington, Kentucky, you saw uh, Mark Briscoe versus Jay Lethal on what would have been Jay Briscoe's uh, birthday. Got four and a quarter from the Observer. Come on, Dave. That was yeah, at least four and three quarters. Yeah, come on. Uh, but uh, this was another one of those situations where, man, we should have waited like 24 hours before we recorded the rap. Yeah. Because like a large portion of the last rap we did was like me being like, oh, I don't know if Mark Briscoe will even wrestle again. Oh, yeah. I put a um a disclaimer of when we recorded that in the um in the uh, information. And a large portion of that was us burying Water Brother Discovery. How dare they do this? <laughs> yeah. uh, other note, do we have to talk MJF's recent promos, especially the one from uh, Hollywood before Brian versus Takeshka? Uh, uh, which one was that? The Kira Forum, how uh, he's out there, and then MJF makes fun of his name oh take a shit off yeah uh i didn't i didn't hate it it was fine um it's it's heel heat at its lowest but yeah it's fine okay <laughs> it's fine <laughs> there, there's a lot more offensive asian stuff out there oh boy uh so jumping through all that we've only got two pay-per-views left to go we go over to Monday Night Raw episode 1,548. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why? Why have there been like nearly 550 consecutive three-hour Raws? Oh, my God. A yeah. Yeah, so like more than a third of every Raw has been three hours. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Raw is 30. Uh, this was fine. Kicked off with the, uh, the like, court segment of uh, Sami Zayn with the uh, bloodline done perfectly. And yep. Solo's there. Reigns has passed his judgment. Solo's going to do the Samoan spike. And, uh, wait, Jimmy? No. Jay. 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 Yeah. I still get him confused. Jay runs in and stops Solo, and then he's like to Roman, hey, you know, he's uh, helped us out, and, you know, he looked after me, and here's all my footage. After Eamon yeah. shows, like, very flimsy evidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, no, notice how... how the bloodline celebrating together, but Sami Zayn's on top of the cage, away from the bloodline, 
closest to Kevin Owens. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, following that segment, they'd have the uh, Usos defend only the Raw tag team titles. Is this a new thing where they're defending the titles separately now, but I still? I didn't even know that. I thought they were defending both. Yeah, so I didn't realise this until it was announced. So I only defend the Raw ones, and then they're doing the tournament thingy on SmackDown for the number one contender to SmackDown tag titles. I'm like, okay, this must be new. Uh, so Uzos are defending against the Judgment Day, Priest and Dominic, and, you know, it's going pretty good. And then one of the Usos is injured, and the ref's going, oh, I'll have to call off the match, and if I do that, I'm going to have to award the titles to the Judgment Day. And Sammy's going, no, no, I, I can step in. So Sammy steps in, picks up the win for him. Uh, so the Usos retain their titles thanks to uh, Sammy. Was it this match or was it one earlier in the month where somebody's going, hi, mummy, and then she rears on the outside and she goes, hi, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, that was earlier. Yeah. Yeah, that was a different one, but that was so good. Oh, man. Uh Following that, uh, DX around the ring. The road dog, Jesse James. The badass. Wait, what are you doing here, Kurt Angle? <laughs> the whole time, like, when they're doing their entrance, I was like, who the fuck's that in the back there? Who's that person <laughs> wearing that obnoxiously bright red fucking T-shirt? <laughs> I was like, what? Is that Kurt? It was actually really well done, but they they kind of cost themselves a pop by not letting the crowd get to channel on the Kurtz music there. I suppose they were a bit pressed for time after the uh, the bloodline, and they decided to cut the uh, Bailey and Becky Lynch cage match, and instead put on the non-advertised women's match that we'll get to later. <laughs> yes, um, quickly. Have yeah. you watched today's Raw yet? Uh, no, but I've seen results. Okay. Uh, we'll discuss it in a bit. Okay. Uh, so the um, DX are out there. Kurt goes, they go to Kurt, why are you out here? And he goes, I always wanted to be a member of DX. <laughs> so that gets the crowd pumped. And he, is this where he takes off his shirt and he reveals a DX shirt? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, did you see the tweet by Kurt Angle where he put up a tweet and there's a picture of him from this segment in the DX shirt and then a picture of him in the shield and he says the, the only person to have been a member of both DX and the shield <laughs> and then Triple H uh, he wrote uh, and Kurt Angle wrote oh, it's true and then Triple H replied with hashtag it's not true and showed a photo of <laughs> Like, obviously, Triple H in DX, but Triple H in The Shield for, like, one of the Japanese house shows they did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Kurt just had to take it on the chin. Like, oh. oh, yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> Poor Kurt. <laughs> yeah. Can't, oh. ca can't catch a break this month. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're out there in the ring, and then out come Imperium. Uh, Vinci, Kaiser, and Gunther. And, you know, Gunther's saying, oh, the ring's sacred. Stop all this silly Americanness. <laughs> Big, dirty foreigner I am, intercontinental champion. 
who's got the balls to stand up to me? And Triple H goes, oh, I'm retired. Sort of shaping up to Walter and then goes, oh, no, nah, and books over to Sean and goes, oh, I'm too old. <laughs> yeah. And for a second there, I was like, like, I know everyone was like, oh, yeah, give us Kurt and Gunther. I was like, give us Sean Waltman and Gunther. Oh, give us <laughs> X-Pac and Gunther. Because you just know X-Pac would make Gunther look like a million bucks. And out of everyone in that ring, I was like, oh, he's the one guy there that didn't get that one definitive last run. Give him a go. Yeah, he's, he's stuck doing that over on uh, GCW. Yeah. But that's, uh, who comes out but uh, Street Profits and uh, Seth Rollins. And then all of a sudden we have Teddy Long, Hala Player. <laughs> That was a tag match. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but if only we had a referee for this. And then Kurt's like, hang on a second, guys, takes off his shirt again. And he's got a referee shirt, but it's not just any referee shirt. The stripes on it are red, white, and blue. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, yeah, so Seth and the Street Profits here pick up the win. Uh, following that, I'm just going through the matches and then we can touch on some of the Legends stuff as well. Uh, non-title match that saw Bianca Del Belair defeat Sonya Deville in 8 minutes 30 after Bianca and Charlotte were in the ring and squabbling with each other about which champion's doing what and something Karava. And the only good thing about this was Ric Flair came out to introduce his daughter and that was about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This match um, went on too long. Yeah, for sure. I would have rather have cut this match and just had the cage match instead. Oh, of course, of course. But to be fair, if Charlotte yeah. didn't do this, Charlotte did nothing all that, like, that week. Mm, true, true. Yeah. Um, and then in your main event for the United States Championship in a no disqualification match, Austin Fury, your champion, versus Bobby Lashley, goes about 12 minutes, and then all of a sudden, it's Brock. <laughs> it's Brock. Yes. Yeah. Brock comes down. F5 to Lashley, F5 to Fury. Fury lands on top of Lashley. Both men are, like, out because of the F5s and because Austin's laying on top of Lashley, uh, Austin Fury here retains his title. I mean, it was a good, good Raw 30. I'm not going to deny that. As a go-home show to the Rumble, it sort of sucked. That's a good point. That's a really good point. I didn't even think of it like that, but yeah. That was uh, not a good go-home show. Some of the Legends stuff I enjoyed, uh, notably Baron Corbin and JBL backstage going to um, Ron Simmons' poker game and uh, Godfather's there as the bouncer and he's playing chips at the table with a Million Dollar Man and Alundra Blaze. Alundra has the title. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was great. I think uh, um, the best Legends interaction of all of this was the LA Knight thing. Oh, yeah, I forgot about LA Knight. <laughs> yeah, and um, he 
calls out any legend and the gong hits and I'm like, oh god, here we go. And then all of a sudden, Kid Rock's American Badass starts playing and we hear the motorbike and out comes fucking American Badass Undertaker for the first time since 2003. Has he not done anything with Badass Taker since then? No. But, like, you could argue, yeah, the graveyard match, he was on a bike, but he was also still very dead man taker as well. Oh, the Boneyard match, the one against AJ. Yeah. But, but you know, he came out to American Badass by Kid Rock. Admittedly, I would have popped more if he came out to Roland by Limp Biscuit, but I'll take it. Yeah, I don't think they quite have that uh, Limp Biscuit money. No, no. No, but they got uh, Kid Rock, WWE Hall of Famer Kid Rock, buddy. Oh, my. He's in the Hall of Fame? Yes. I want freaking, while we're talking Hall of Fames uh, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers are touring, you know who I want to go in the Music Hall of Fame this year? Who? Cindy Lauper. Yeah, that's if a good point. can't be in the WWE Hall of Fame, put her in the freaking Music Hall of Fame. I can know if you should. Uh, I'm just trying to find... Pretty much the inventor of bubblegum pop. Yeah, and her music videos had the... Um, the Iron uh, Sheik, Roddy Piper, yeah, the, Lou, Captain Lou. Lou that's, how did I forget Lou? Yeah. Baby, baby. <laughs> oh, baby. 30. Uh, I'm just trying to see if I can find an article with other legends that appeared. Um, oh, that's right. King was on commentary for a bit. He's yeah. a lot more toned down than he was uh, 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Hogan came out. Have you read the reports about uh, Hogan backstage? Yeah, he couldn't feel his legs because they stripped his nerves for a back surgery. Yeah. Which is, is, like, as much as a lot of things come out from Hulk Hogan that you could be like, oh, that's kind of bullshit, such yeah. as, like, oh, Hulk Hogan was going to be the replacement for Cliff Burton to be the new bass player for Metallica in the 80s. <laughs> like, no, that's bullshit, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> imagine it. Hulk Hogan, in the peak of his career, decides to quit wrestling to be the bass player for Metallica. <laughs> um, he never, never got, like, at that point in time, like, yeah, we never got Hogan and Warrior because Hulk Hogan's recording the Black Album with Metallica. <laughs> oh, is that when it would have been around Metallica's Black Album? It would have been uh, before the album before that. Oh, 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 what an alternative world that is. Yeah. Hulk Hogan oh. helped write into Sandman. Oh, my God. Instead of uh, Sandman coming out to One Night Stand 10 to Sandman, it's like, you know, on OSW, their outro music with Hogan there on the bass, the arcade <laughs> version, it's just that. But, like... You know the song One by Metallica? Yes. Theoretically, Hulk Hogan would have been playing bass for that. <laughs> and, like, Hulk Hogan just, like, playing bass. Whilst darkness 
Fuck everything be. All I see is absolute horror, brother. <laughs> can you play that? Yeah. Okay. I, I can. I can. You're just going to have to believe me on it because Eliza's gone to sleep and there's no way to play that quietly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so we'll jump over to the uh, Raw Rumble and then I think all that we have left to talk about is uh, Vengeance Day. Oh boy. Royal Rumble coming to you from the shadow of the Alamo, of the Alamo Dome. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, Do we all remember what main evented the first time the Royal Rumble was in the Alamo Dome? Um, I'm going to say if it was a Rumble, was that Sean and Bulldog? No. Close. Uh, It was... The main event of the Royal Rumble in 1997, the first time they did the Rumble in the Alamo Dome, the main event wasn't the Rumble match. It was for the WWF title. It was challenger Shawn Michaels up against WWF champion Psycho Sid. (laughs) Of course, Alex remembers that. It's Uh, Stone Cold's first Rumble win. Where technically Bret Hart really won. Uh, I mean, technically, uh, did somebody else win this year? <laughs> I mean, booyaka, booyaka. Um, <laughs> it was really funny. Remember that year that Curtis Axel uh, technically never got eliminated from the 2015 Royal Rumble? <laughs> oh, yeah. And didn't he have like a counter appear on the Tron for yeah. a little bit? Uh, he tweeted out the day of the Rumble this year. It's been like however many thousand days, however many mi- hours, however many minutes that I, I've i been in the 2015 Royal Rumble match. Uh, and then like later on in the show, he tweets, Ah, oh, Ray, know how you feel, man. Yeah. Uh, so we'll run through the... Uh results here uh we'll go through each rumble entry order and then we can touch on some memorable um spots and whatnot uh like we have in years past this like we don't run through everything move by move we just more so discuss and have a bit of fun okay so kicking off the show was the men's royal rumble entrant one was gunfer entrant two was a uh, seamus representing the banger bros <laughs> I mean, if you listen to uh, Pat McAfee's commentary, they still are. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Man. Uh, yeah. What, what, what's their name? Uh, it's not fit for public consumption. A few moments later. Oh, the Banger Bros are really bringing it here tonight. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Anyone up familiar with that? Uh, WWE did the same thing they did with the submission sorority. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which, to be fair, submissions sororities is a lot more obscure, a lot more niche. But come on, every red-blooded male knows what Bang Bros is. Come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so they kick off the rumble. In third is The Miz. Fourth is Kofi Kingston. Fifth is Johnny Gargano with his terrible, terrible theme music. Six is Xavier Woods, and uh, both members of New Day are in for a bit. Seventh is Karrion Cross. Forgot you were signed, mate. Eighth was Chad Gable. Sheesh. 
Yeah. Uh, man, he's probably the most underrated, like, character in WWE right now. Everything he does, entertaining. Yeah, and that's another thing, too, having both titles on the Usos, uh, tag titles, that is. You can't give him and Otis a tag run at the moment as comedy yeah. And we're at a point now where the Street Profits, they're getting so fucking good in the ring, both of them, but they've got nothing to do because they've exhausted Street Profits versus the Usos so many times that they can't go back to it. So they're just not going to be able to do anything of note now. Yeah. Uh, in ninth was Drew McIntyre, so both of the Banger Bros are in now. In tenth, Santos Escobar. Eleventh, Angelo Dawkins. Twelfth uh, was Brock. Thirteenth was Bobby Lashley. Fourteenth, Baron Corbin, who JBL sort of comes out, whispers a word of advice to him, and then Corbin goes down. Fifteenth, Seth frickin' Rollins. Sixteenth, oh yeah, it's Otis. Seventeenth, Booyaka, Rey Mysterio, but uh, the music plays and nobody comes out. And then 18th, it's Dominic Mysterio, and Dominic spends a large part of his entrance trying to rip his father's mask in half that doesn't really work. <laughs> no, but because it's Dominic, it kind of works that it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So true. Yeah. Uh, in 19th is Elias. In 20th is Finn Balor. Uh, so now we've got two of the Judgment Day in there. In 21st, Hall of Famer, Booker T. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, it would have been... Like, we've done Booker T returning at the Rumble so many times now. This is the third time we've done it now. Since 2011. It was 2011, and then I think it was 20... I think it was 2013. And then 2023. You could have made one of them like, oh, here comes King Booker. Oh, here yeah. comes Harlem Heat Booker or some shit. Here comes Main Event Mafia Booker. Oh, fuck yeah. That that um, Main Event Mafia Booker where he used to put on the Jamaican accent. Do you, rem- do you remember that? <laughs> and he called you himself... Because it was like the TNA knockoff version of King Booker and he called himself Royal T. <laughs> Yes. Oh man, it's so good. Oh, bring out um, Black Snow, the commentator. Booker T should be Black Snow on NXT commentary, but that's a story for another yeah. day. Yeah, bring out um, Lacey Evans' new manager, GI Bro. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, anyway, in twenty second was Daniel Priest, so all three members of uh, Judgment Day are in there. 23rd is Montez Ford. 24th is Edge. 25th is Austin Fury. So you have both of your mid-card champions in here now. Uh, 26th was Omos. We're running out of uh, space here for surprises. In 27th, Braun Strowman. In 28th, Ricochet. In 29th, a returning Logan Paul. Uh, did you see this clip that's going around online of uh, Logan when he's up against the barrier before he does the spot with Ricochet? And one of the fans leans over and goes, Logan, I'm a huge fan. I love whatever your drink's name is. 
Prime. Prime. Yeah, Come Prime. It's also KSI's drink, and you know I'm a KSI mark. Um, yeah. So somebody hands him a Prime, and he drinks it ringside. Yeah. He he came out, and he was holding a can of Prime for his entrance. Uh, smart man. And yeah. in, oh, by the in, way, Logan yeah. Paul and KSI are coming to Australia later this month to announce the launch of Prime at Woolworths. That thing's going to sell like crazy. Yes. I know that I'm going to immediately try to get some. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and in 30th, to no one's surprise, because they announced it beforehand, Cody Rhodes. But still, big ovation. Uh, any memorable uh, spots or uh, eliminations here? I suppose, uh, first of all, the Ricochet Logan Paul double jump. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my only problem is we all know I'm a fucking wrestling historian, to say the least. And everyone being like, oh my god, never seen that before, never seen that before. I can't remember the exact year, but Sam Punk and Kofi Kingston did that spot in an elimination chamber once. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking, I've seen that before as well somewhere. But I will say, this one was more impressive because they got higher up in the air. <laughs> And and you could hear the thud when they hit each other. Oh, with, yeah. P- with Punk and Kingston, it's like, oh, we're two buddies and we've been on the road for 30 days. Let's go easy on each other. <laughs> tink. Just a little tink. We're in the chamber. We better not overshoot this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A little tink. Uh, yeah, I'm tired. I'm bitter. I'm sick of working with these children. So let's not weigh it in here. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, I suppose the uh, elimination of uh, Finn Balor and then the elimination of Edge and then they brawl up the ramp as Austin Fury's coming out and then Rhea comes out and attacks Edge and then Beth Phoenix comes out and attacks Rhea. Uh, Buff Phoenix, she <laughs> is like just a monster now. Yeah. She's like, she's like, all right, I'm going to be feuding with Rhea. I better step step it up in the gym a little bit and she is just a monster of a human now uh spoiler alert she was on raw today and i was like holy shit she's wider than edge (laughs) like in the shoulders she's just like broader than edge now she looks like she has bigger arms than edge she's just a beast living up to that glamazon monica Uh yeah no i love it i love it Anything else you wanted to uh, take note of? Brock out in uh, two minutes here, eliminated by Lashley. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, the story of the Rumble here is Gunther broke Rey Mysterio's record. Yeah, um, an hour insane. Um, a guy like Gunther isn't the sort of guy they like to book as the first person to come in. It's typically a, a guy sort of like a Seth Rollins type, a Ricochet type, Is you know, Kofi. a Kofi type, like something like that, like a lighter sort of like more endurance based dude. You don't expect the big hard hitter like Gunther to come in at one and then do the Iron Man thing, um, which is just tremendous. I was not expecting that when he first came out, I was like, Oh, this is weird. I was 
he's the sort of guy you expect to come out late 20s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, Ricochet coming out of, what, 27, 28? 28? Like, that's yeah. weird. That's, <laughs> like, the spot you'd expect Gunther to come out. I, I saw, like, all sorts of spreadsheets that week of, like, which numbers are more likely to have a heel or a face come out. <laughs> like, there's all these sort of shit people have done. It's crazy. And, like, um, and a heel coming out of number one is, like, very rare. Oh. Because, you know, you want the baby face to come out of one. So, so yeah, you can, you know, be like, oh, my God, the baby face has so much heart. He's been in there for so long. But for Gunther to get that rub, and then, and then it's not just that. He breaks the record by about almost 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> and, and he almost, almost broke Daniel Bryan's record from the fucking 50-man rumble. <laughs> What's Bryan's record in the 50-man rumble, do you know? An hour 16. Oh, so he was like five minutes away from it. Yeah, I don't think him and uh, Cody were going another six <laughs> when they were down to the final two. I, I will say, like, oh, man. Like, by the time Cody got in, I was like, oh, feeling kind of disappointed by this rumble. But the Yeah, finish... no big surprises, no big call-ups. Booker T, yeah. but we see Booker T every week on NXT commentary. Yeah, and it's like, all right, whatevs. Like, if we had, if we don't see Booker T on TV every week, maybe it'd be a bigger deal. But the, oh, the only surprise was Logan Paul coming back because they gave away the Cody return on social media. Well, they gave it away on TV too. Yeah, but. Yeah, I think, like, you're at a point with Cody where it's like, oh, we might as well... Everyone's expecting him to come out, so we might as well just let him know that he's coming. I think, too, with how big it was getting with Sammy, they did want to have a repeat of, uh, was it Rey Mysterio coming out at 30 and they want Daniel Bryan? The smartest thing... The smartest thing they could do was have Cody come out at 30 when you know that the crowd's waiting for Sammy and and then it's like, oh, okay, Cody's coming out next then. So that means Sammy's not in the Rumble because there's one spot remaining. Oh, okay, Sammy's not in this. Okay, cool. <laughs> we can get past it. We can move on. And the yeah. smartest thing they did was not put Sammy in this match because... I still think Cody would have got booed. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, Especially so, uh, with, with what happens later on in the night and that crowd reaction, but we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so Men's Rumble goes an hour 11 and 42 with Cody last eliminating Gunther. Cody's music plays. He jumps over the top rope and Rey Mysterio is going to WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, did you notice... Um, just before he points at the sign, he does a little too sweet and then the finger uh, finger pistols and then yep. points at the sign. 
and then the young bucks like t- changed their Twitter bio to the uh, two sweet emoji, and then the uh, finger pistol emoji. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, all right, everyone loves each other again. Nice, awesome. Uh, I'm happy. <laughs> um, now we get to talk about Mountain Dew presents the pitch black match featuring Ally Knight, Yah, and. Ray White. Um, uh, so this is where I have to give you a backstory of my day. Okay. <laughs> okay. So every year for the Rumble, I have a few of the boys come around. It's a typical, like, hot summer day always for the Rumble. So I yep. get I get out in the back veranda, I smoke shit up on my smoker, and I make, make some big-ass feasts, and we make a full day of it. We go bowling afterwards. But this year, because... Fuck you, Alex. Your favorite wrestler is going to win the Rumble, so you can't have everything. It's going to piss down rain all fucking day for the Rumble. Okay, well, I guess I won't be cooking anything. Let's go and order just a bucket of chicken from KFC. Cool. Yeah. And it gave me the option of, oh, what drinks do you want? (laughs) So, obviously... I changed all the drinks to Mountain Dew. <laughs> Go on. Uh, obviously, we don't have Pitch Black, because I would have chose that. Not yet. It's and, coming. Uh, I checked. It's actually coming, is it? It's, it's supposed to be coming to Australia. I'm not sure if it'll make its way out to the bush or just the cities in, like, yeah. 7-Elevens. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, so... I didn't even tell the boys I got drinks. So I just left them in the fridge because the chicken arrived just before they arrived. So yeah. we ate the chicken, and then this match is about to start. I walked to the f- fridge, gra- grab everyone a can of Mountain Dew, and we all crack it as soon as the bell rings. <laughs> in unison, we all just crack our Mountain Dews. How many, uh, how many did you have over for this watching party? Uh, this year it was just three. Oh, that's just, not too bad. Yeah, no, we didn't do a big one this year. The weather played a big factor, so fuck you, universe. Actually, no, <laughs> I'm going to get struck by lightning now. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. But, uh, yeah, uh, do you want to run down this and give your thoughts and then I can give my thoughts on this and, yeah? All right. So... Because I'm very interested to see what your uh, watching party also thought of this and if they're regular watchers of uh, Raw or SmackDown. They are regular watchers. Yeah. So, yeah, it was my wrestling group chat. And um, basically, you know, back when I was a younger bloke in my early 20s, man, I used to love going to, like, a nightclub, going to a rave. Get... You know, just, like, getting absolutely hammered, playing with glow sticks. <laughs> like, this... As you do. Yeah, this match was 21-year-old Fruity just, like, just munted off his face listening to the presets in a nightclub. <laughs> That's I'm what this match was. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, like, the pot bellies or something. So, dope. Hold back. Is there about, anybody out there? 
no, it's a pig and a witch. Like, <laughs> what the fuck was that? Um, about art versus science for Parlez-vous Francais. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, right. fuck. Studio as well for anyone who knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, MGMT, we can go on all day. But um, basically, this looked like my Saturday nights in my early 20s. It was just a rave. It was just a neon rave. And I, I honestly thought visually it looked cool. Yeah. It's just you didn't have the right wrestlers in it. <laughs> I mean, this would have worked well for Naomi's custom title defences. Fuck yeah, it would have. And plus, uh, she she flips and flies around, so the lights would have looked cool. The problem is, you got this cool fucking visual, but you got two fucking headlock body slam wrestlers. <laughs> these are fucking, like, rest hold merchants, these two blokes. And who so, was the stupid bump into the stairs in darkness? Oh, mate. Um, <laughs> and... And the thing that ruined it for me, I was like, oh, like when he gets slammed onto the announce table and all that fucking, I, I don't, I don't even know what it was. It was just like little glowy fucking fluorescent yellow little like dust just flying up in there. And when then I it, first saw it, I thought it was popcorn from the yeah, announce desk. Because they had popcorn on the announce table earlier in the night. So I was like, hang on, have they somehow managed to make the popcorn glow? I thought the exact same thing. I was like, how the fuck have they made the popcorn glow? But then yeah. for the rest of the fucking night, there's just those little specks outside the ring. Like, you see it all all throughout the bloody women's rumble and um, main event. You see the little specks. Have you ever tried to clean up uh, glitter? It just gets everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So this this match, it goes five minutes, you know, Bray wins, okay, sure, whatever, fine. But then Bray puts on another mask and then chases LA Knight to a platform area and puts the mandible claw on him. And then Uncle Howdy Do's on top of a higher platform and he does a big macho man elbow through the platform and LA Knight sort of lazily rolls over for a nap and what the fuck was this? Ah, oh, mate, this was cinema. Did Eliza walk in on this and go, what the fuck are you watching? No, I called her in. I said, hey, just... Uh, thanks for reminding me. She she went into the kitchen to make a coffee while this was happening and I said, Liza, come in, come in. Tell me what you reckon, to, like... Your first thoughts when you look at this, and she's like, oh. I was like, do you reckon that looks cool? And she's like, hmm. Mm. And then just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, Yeah, she, she didn't have anything nice to say about it. <laughs> so she just shut her mouth and walked away. Um, I thought the ropes looked cool. 
Yeah. The bright yellow robes, like the bright fluorescent yellow robes looked cool. Yeah. I thought uh, Bray's tattoos glowing looked cool. How did LA not know to wear fluorescent gear? I mean, that was cool too. But all I kept thinking was like, uh, like imagine if they had like a Rey Mysterio in this match. Like Rey with like his gear. Like yeah. you did Bray versus Rey in this. It would be so much cooler. And would make a lot more sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you can do springboards in the fluorescent bullshit and it can still kind of look cool. But, you know, when it's just like, all right, we've got a fucking rainbow-coloured Singapore cane and we're just going to hit you with it for five minutes and then you know sell it, hit your finish and get out of here. Yeah, nah, not worth the effort. Um, so, yeah... Has LA Knight been back on TV since? I don't think so. Okay, because I've seen him on a social media thing saying, watch NXT Vengeance Day. Uh, he's probably probably got a PR person text him and be like, hey, tweet this out today, would you? Yeah. Oh, no, no, <laughs> um, it was video. Right, okay. Because this guy, like, one, his name's LA. Where's WrestleMania this year? LA. Yeah, so yeah. you shouldn't be doing this. Like, this should kill this guy off until after WrestleMania, in theory. Yes. <laughs> um, he should be the kind of guy who's at WrestleMania selling a customized LA Knight WrestleMania t shirt. Here's the thing. Yeah, he should be. LA Knight fucking carried this feud too. It was all him. It's and been going I, since October. Yeah, and it was all LA Knight that fucking made sense of the feud. Because <laughs> it was just like Bray Wyatt and his, yeah, man. And I've been like, I've been a bad man, man, but I'm a good man, man. And, you know, man, and, you know, man, just. Hmm, buzzards, man. And then you got LA Knight, who's like actually trying to make sense of it. And the whole fucking build up, like, I get that LA Knight was meant to be the heel and Bray was meant to be the face. But even in the build up, let alone the match, the match Bray was flat out fucking heel. In the build up, the whole feud started because someone sneak attacked LA Knight backstage and it was Bray. Bray's the fucking heel. Why is LA Knight the heel? Makes no sense. And Bray's the one fucking trying to summon all these bullshit demons. I, I don't know. Is Bray meant to be Uncle Howdy? Because remember, fans were thinking it was going to be Bo Dallas, but it's not because Bray said Uncle Howdy is him, but it's clearly two people. What the fuck's going on? I don't know, man. And and then, like, what was that mask that he put on at the end of this match? Like, what ridiculous name has he given that? Is that the, like, reported Uncle Harper trademark that came out 
when Bray Wyatt got signed? Is that Uncle Harper? I, I don't know, dude. I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah, like, we're, and we're now at a point where, like, oh, okay, so Alexa Bliss is getting this shit in her match, too. And it's just like, can we just hurry up and get to the fucking point? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on from that, speaking of which, we... Oh, actually, this is why I had a uh, cage match open. Any guess what uh, the pitch black match got on cage match? Uh, 3.4. Okay, so this is uh, currently the 7 for the second. It has a 2.02 from 400 votes. Yep, fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not very good. Uh, following that, we get the Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship match against Alexa Bliss. This was sort of a nothing happening match, and then Belair wins, and it's more about the post-match here, how Alexa Bliss is like having a breakdown in the ring, and then for some reason, Uncle Howdy's back, and he's going, are you in control? Even though he just committed suicide by jumping off a platform and spontaneously combusting on top of LA Knight and if this match had gone on first and then Bray yeah, Knight actually, at least that makes sense in the post match but we just saw we just saw Uncle Howdy like basically kill himself and now he's somehow confronting Alexa again what the fuck yeah no that's a really good point I didn't yeah. even think about that uh uh Following that fourth match of the card, only a five-match uh, five card here. Co-main event is the Women's Royal Rumble match. So we see entry number one. I'm just going to do the same as I did here for the for the men, and then we can run through anything that we need to. Entry one, Rhea Ripley. Entry number two, Liv Morgan. And then uh, the match kicks off. We see Dana Brooke come in number three. Emma come in number four. Shayna Baszler come in number five. Uh, yeah, uh, Bailey come in number six. B-Fab come in number seven. And Michael Cole gets a heap of um, digs in at um, Hit Row. <laughs> he was not letting up on Hit Row throughout the night. No. Number eight, Roxanne Perez comes in. An interesting choice putting your... Uh, NXT Women's Champion here, which I thought was sort of a shadowing what's going to happen next on the uh, Vengeance Day card, but we'll get there shortly. Entry number nine, Dakota Kai. Entry ten, EO Sky. So all of damage controls now in the uh, Rumble together. Entry eleven, a returning Natalia. Entry twelve, Candice LeRae. Entry thirteen, Zoe Stark from NXT. I believe this is her main roster debut. She has quite a long run as well, at uh, 26 minutes. Yeah. Uh, entry 14, Zia Lee. Entry 15, Becky Lynch. Entry 16, Tegan Knox. Did well, didn't blow out her knee, thankfully. <laughs> entry, the, look, the ladies had a poor run. She blew out her knee before the first May Young. She blew out her knee in the second May Young. And then she blew out her knee, knee again during her work in NXT. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Entry 17 was Asuka, but this is uh, not the Asuka most of the uh, fans are familiar with as it's a return to her 
I believe it's Kana persona. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of that, but and she's got like new, like a new sort of version of her theme song with different lyrics. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Such a great presentation. Entry eighteen. Who's that Pokemon? Dewdrop <laughs> is no more as it is now. Piper Niven. Ah, oh my God. All right. Let's just pause for a second. Yeah. Um, Pat McAfee is on commentary for this. Yeah. And is has clearly been told, when Piper Niven comes out, can you, can you just, you know, really let the audience know that she's no longer Dewdrop and she's now Piper Niven? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what happens next? For how long was Piper Niven in the match? Uh, half an hour, just about? 28 minutes, yeah. So for the next half hour, basically, you had Pat McAfee, like, every 30 seconds just randomly go, Piper Niven! (laughs) Piper Niven! Oh, that's Piper Niven. And then he'd occasionally just make stupid things like, do you think she will drop someone? (laughs) And it was like, all right, I've been given direction here and I'm going to take the piss out of it. And I thought it was fucking fantastic. And you know what? It fucking worked. It worked. It was like him, like, two minutes into being told not to say Seamus' tag team name. It's like two minutes later. He just kept saying banger pros. Yeah, Uh, but he'd, like, say it. He'd say it in, like without actually flat out saying it, he's like, oh, these two bros love to have bangers. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, hey guys, do you think this match is a banger? What do you think, bros? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Number 17 was Tamina. Number 20, making her return to the company, Chelsea Dream, who is in the ring for all of five seconds. You know what? Perfect. <laughs> Fucking perfect. Like, if you're not going to win it, yep. that's how you do it. And this works for her character, for her style. Yeah. For, for uh, her to be the unlucky bitch. Yeah, I love it. Number 21 was Zai Lee coming out as a uh, street fighter character. I don't have which yeah. one in particular ran down. Uh, number 22. Raquel Rodriguez. Number 23, Mia Yim. 24 was Lacey Evans. 25, coming out of the crowd, uh, Michelle McCool. It's like, why did we have, like, a legend in this match who just entered from behind the commentary desk? I guess there was that whole backstory about Michelle tweeting out two weeks ago that she really wanted to be in the match and she didn't get any phone call or anything. And then like she ended up trending that day on Twitter because all the WWE diva stands wanted her to wrestle. So maybe they were just really trying to play off of that. But you know, what I noticed is, this is her third Rumble appearance, I'm pretty sure. It's her third. And yep. every single time, she looks fantastic in the ring. And every single time, I'm like, 
all right, last year, around this time of the year, we had Becky Lynch versus Lita, and God love Lita. She can't go anymore. She just no. can't. She can't. Her moonsault is... Scorpion dive she did with uh, Trish. Yeah, really yeah. But if you're going to bring back Legends, then bring back Michelle McCool. She can fucking go. And I would love to see, like, Michelle McCool and fucking any of the four horsewomen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number 26, bit of Aussie pride here, stand up. Indy Hartwell. Fuck yeah. I did not see this coming, and lo and behold, Indy's in there for 451, and she manages to eliminate the next person who was out, Sonia Deville. Yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah. Wait, oh no, that's who she's eliminated by. I'm reading this wrong. Bugger. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think she actually got an elimination, but yeah. Um, was Candace in? No, she wasn't. She was gone. Candace, in time. yeah. She was in, in and out early, though. Yeah, no, I meant. I meant, was she in when Indy came in? No, she wasn't. Oh, that would have been good. They should have oh, given us that. You, you mean there, yeah. Yeah, they should have given us that. Well, it's like the, the rumble a few years back where it was like Alicia Fox and, oh, uh, who is it? What's your favourite match? Uh, Melina. Uh, Melina. Yes. When, yeah, they were both in the rumble. It was last year. And, and Naomi wasn't in the ring. Was it Naomi or Cameron? Cameron. It was the year Cameron came back and they didn't have all three of them in the ring at once. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. All three of them were in that rumble. Oh, man, they should have done a spot. They're just like, yeah. you know, at every rumble, how they try to do the the holy crap stare down moment where everyone's laying down. <laughs> Everyone's laying down except for two people. Like, could have done that spot. Melina's in the ring. Alicia Fox is in the ring. But then in the background, you just see Cameron's head pop up and she's just <laughs> marking out. <laughs> so number 27, Sonia Deville. Number 28, Shotzi, who barely rides her tank one-eighth of the way. Oh, my God. I got, so, I got so irrationally annoyed at this. What? Oh, Shotzi and her tank. I got so annoyed because she just like, it's the longest fucking ramp I've seen in the WWE for ages. And I'm like, oh, it's taken everyone so long to get to the fucking ring, <laughs> especially like earlier in the night, like with Braun Strowman just fucking gingerly lumbering his way down to the ring. I'm like, fucking hurry up. It's almost Cody time, dickhead. Get in there. <laughs> um up. But um, but then Shotzi comes out as like, oh good, this is gonna be a nice quick entrance. She's got her tank. Just fucking rides it for about half a meter and then decides to start running down in the ring. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. In two senses, in the actual real life sense of fuck, you could have gotten to the ring quicker by just driving your tank at least three quarters of the way. And in the kayfabe sense, you could have saved your energy for the match and instead you've decided to get out of the fucking vehicle and 
waste your energy by running. Fuck you, Shotzi. <laughs> Number 29, Nikki Cross, who runs down to the ring, still in her ring jacket, lays everyone out, and then slams her ring jacket onto the mat, uh, still going back to those sandy roots. Number 30, fuck that countdown clock because Nijak has broken it. Here she comes. <laughs> like, do you, here's my theory. Yeah. Do you think they intentionally botched it for Dia Jax? Do you think they intentionally told her to go and then somebody saw her in the position and hit the music and she's like, oh shit, I better go. And then the clock popped up and went, 10, 9. <laughs> yeah, I think someone deliberately ribbed her by that, by doing that. Because, oh. like, immediately it's just like all over Twitter. Like, she hasn't even walked out through the curtain yet and she's already botched. Yeah. And it's like, oh, someone's fucking stitched her up here. Yeah, this yeah. is this was the most annoyingly frustrating entrance of all the Royal Rumbles entrances because she's like, you know, we know she's had she had double knee surgery a couple of years ago, so she's fucking gingerly lumbering her way down the ramp. I'm like, oh my god. Fucking hell. <laughs> Royal Rumble 2024 is going to start by the time she gets to the ring. Jesus Christ. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it was not good. A few good surprises, I'd say, in this match. You had Indy. You had Chelsea. You had Michelle McCool. You had Zoe Stark. Confusing to see Roxanne Perez. I get it. She's from Texas. But you're putting your NXT champion here for less than five minutes. No eliminations. Zoe Stark, who's not NXT Women's Champ, in here for 26 minutes. To be Indy fair. Was, Indy was be in fair. for longer than Roxanne. Yeah. To be fair, though, there has been years where, oh, my God, Royal Rumble, here comes NXT Champion Andrade El Idolo. Yes. Uh, here comes NXT Champion Adam Cole. That's happened. Yeah, it has. Oh, um, boy. Does it make it right? Fuck no. It's like <laughs> that one year. That, it was like a year after, like the year The Undertaker won the Royal Rumble, and then the next night on Raw they had all three champions, the ECW, the, WC, the WWE, and the World Heavyweight Champion stand in the ring. And it's like the Undertaker's going to choose, is he going to pick WWE champion John Cena, ECW champ Bobby Lashley, or World Heavyweight Heavyweight champ Batista? And then the very next year for the Rumble, it was, here comes ECW champion Chavo Guerrero into this Rumble match. Hang on. Chavo! Hang on a minute. Wasn't he an option for the winner to pick? And that's where my issue is, because what, two, three, two years ago, three years ago, the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble chose the NXT Women's Champion. Yep. And that's uh, where the real issue with Roxanne being picked was. And it's like, fucking, you could have given him JG Dolan or some shit. Come on. Yeah, uh, weren't they on uh, Raw? Were they? I don't know. Maybe it's next week. I saw something on social media. Anyway, uh, anything else of note on here? Uh, 
Rhea and Liv breaking the record for most time in a women's rumble. I mean, fantastic. Um, my my biggest pet peeve is in the women's rumble they have a tendency with Tamina in particular to yeah. do to do the like holy shit the big show and Kane are having a stare down in the rumble match they do that spot with Tamina but with everyone and yeah. it gets no crowd reaction every time and it was like oh my god Tamina and Piper Niven are staring down oh my god what a dream matchup no <laughs> it's like oh God bless Papa Niven, but fucking why are we spending so much time in the Rumble focusing on Tamina? Yeah. <laughs> She's not good. And then I was like, and then like Tamina's in the ring and I was telling the boys that were here about that one time Tamina tweeted out. It was after the Royal Rumble a few years ago when Tamina and Naya had one of those stare downs. Okay. <laughs> and Tamina tweeted out like a picture of like I think it was like Hogan and Andre staring off, uh, Rock and Austin staring off, Brett and Sean t- staring off, and then Nyra and Tamina staring off. <laughs> and Tamina legitimately tweeted that and like <laughs> tweeted like then now forever or some shit. And I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But then I was like, oh, man, the only way this rumble could get any more cringy is if Nia Jax came out. And she did. And she fucking did. But, but uh, fuck, she was gone quick. So Rhea gets the win here, and I'm going, okay, cool. We're going to, you know, right the wrong from the previous rumble where Rhea's feet didn't hit the floor first and Bianca's did, and we're going to set up for... Rhea and Bianca at WrestleMania, you know, that sort of hasn't happened before. That would be pretty good. Well, Rhea and Charlotte. Again. Well, it's I'm your, done it's with your this favorite match. feud. Just get over and done with and put the belt on Rhea. Anyway, enough of the pretend co main event. Let's go to the real co main event a musical performance by Hardy. <laughs> Did you remember this happened? Uh, to put it politely, this was a piss break. I, I, I went out of the... Actually, no. No, so you know what happened here? Yeah? During the Bianca and Alexa match, my stream, my internet just carped it. As you know, my internet is very sensitive, especially when it's shitty weather. <laughs> so I decided to cark it for about 10 minutes, which ah. is perfect. So I was like, all right, well, we'll just wait for a bit and then we'll get it back on. So I was watching like 10 minutes behind. Ah. So like there was a point where Warwick, who wasn't with us, messaged us and said, oh, fucking hell. And we're like, oh, I wonder what that was about. And then number 30 comes out and it's Nia Jax. And I'm like, oh, that's what that was about. <laughs> and then I, then we all get another message that says, oh, fucking fuck yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I wonder what that was about. 
And then Rhea wins, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's what that was about. <laughs> and then we get another message being like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is about. And they're trying to introduce Hardy, and I was like, hey, guys, we're 10 minutes behind. We can fucking fast forward this shit, right? <laughs> they're like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Uh, yeah, this was bad. I don't know how you call this country music when he's more, I'd say, akin to emo, uh, sort of something like a My Chemical Romance 10 years ago with a country twinge to it. But this is not pure country music. This guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, name one time a live musical performance in a wrestling arena... Oh. That wasn't for someone's entrance. Actually worked. Was the DX band for the entrance? That was for the entrance. Okay. And no, that didn't work. <laughs> hey, you leave the Xbox band alone. <laughs> um, uh, Fozzy, no. Um, there was one time, actually. Oh, I know one time. Go on, oh. you, yours first. There was one time that they did it, um, Chris Jericho performing uh, Fozzy like on 2003 Raw. <laughs> and it was a really cool performance, like a really good performance. And halfway through the song, Ric Flair just comes out and starts beating the shit out of Chris Jericho and just destroys him with all the instruments. And it's so good. <laughs> The only other one I can say is Machine Gun Kelly because that gave us Kevin Owens powerbombing in uh, Machine Gun Kelly off the stage. Yep, that's a good one. Um, it's just when people get involved like that. Um, also, shout out to the local band who performed PWA last year, Towns. Like, they performed pretty good. They did a few wrestling songs during the um, intermission part and then played Jessica Troy live to the ring. I'm mainly talking about North American promotions. So, yeah, yeah. any Aussie promotions out there. Can't really think of many North American ones who have done it right, other than, yeah, the Machine Gun Kelly one always comes to mind. Uh, so, it's time for the main event. Roman Reigns, who has Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn ringside, saying that, no, Sami, you're going to be on my hip tonight, taking on Kevin Owens. This match goes 19 minutes. And throughout it, the camera's constantly cutting to both Paul and Sammy ringside and getting their reactions. So good. And you, and you can see, like, Roman might do a big move on uh, Kevin and Sammy sort of winces and Paul's going, yes, my tribal chief. Yeah. Uh, so it goes, yeah, 19 minutes here. Roman gets the win over Kevin. Paul looks ecstatic. Sammy sort of looks a bit dejected. They get in the ring, and Paul, like, sort of goes, here, my tribal chief, I brought you handcuffs. And he goes, I always bring two. <laughs> He's got two sets of handcuffs. He uses those handcuff Kevin to the ring ropes and starts super kicking him. And then Roman gets a chair, and he's going to chair shot Kevin whilst he's uh, tied up in the ropes. And Sammy goes, no, 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 this is beneath you. So he gives the chair to Sammy and says, you do it, Sammy. Sammy sort of 
Armin and Darwin and thinking about doing it, and then picks up the chair and swings and hits Roman in the back. And, and that was pop. that was the loudest pop I have heard in the WWE post Attitude Era. It sounded like an Attitude Era pop. Outside of maybe Mania, that is easily the biggest one I've seen in. And I will, I will classify it. I will classify it a bit better here. It was the loudest pop, a non-returning wrestler pop I've heard in years. Because, because like, returning wrestler, like that's a cheap pop. But this was like the loudest, like, oh, we've emotionally invested people and fucking paid them off and given them something they want and everything's worked out. Pop. Like, this is like, like, honestly, I think the only thing close to it is another time Roman got hit in the back with a chair (laughs) by Seth Rollins when they broke up the shield. Yeah, oh, man, uh, this was amazing, you know, and then Jimmy's there and Solo and they both start attacking Sammy and Raymond, Roman attacks Sammy and Jay just sort of, he's sort of heartbroken, he rolls out of the ring and just bails backstage. Uh, cinema, that's what they call this. Yeah. This is uh, storytelling at its finest and in any other era... This would be the WrestleMania main event. And to get me to say publicly that I would rather Sami Zayn main event WrestleMania than Cody Rhodes this year, yep, that's something. Because you know I want Cody to have his <laughs> mania moment. But, yeah, um, this was huge. This was... Uh, an all-time moment, and this was just the result of, like, every single person played their role in this angle, too. Like, there's the obvious ones, like, yeah, Sammy played a big role, obviously, in this angle, Roman did, and Jimmy obviously did, but there's little parts, like, like Paul Heyman, like giving like the evil grin at Roman um, when he notices that Sammy's about to turn on him and he gives like Roman like this little look like, oh, we can finally destroy this little prick. Yeah. And <laughs> or like little bits like Jimmy Uso, like yelling at Jay after his, after Jay, uh, after Jimmy's super kicked Sammy and Jimmy is saying to Jay, like, you said he's like your brother? I'm your real brother. Like, there was just so much emotion and everyone played a great role in this. This was... This is the best angle WWE has done in years. Like, years. Um, Agreed. Like, I, I can think back and it's like, oh, you can say, like, oh, the Daniel Bryan storyline, but what was the best angle in that? What was the angle? 
What was the that angle was one? management finally realizing, yeah, we should go with this. Yeah. There isn't that like definitive on air moment besides him winning the titles at Mania. Same there with isn't Kofi. Kofi was supposed to be Mustafa Ali until Ali got injured. Kofi got mm. switched in and then they decide to go all the way with Cody with the um public backing. Yeah, exactly. And it's like also, would Mustafa Ali have beaten Brian? That's another discussion for another day. Because, mm. cause like, look at where Mustafa Ali is now. Oh, where? Where, where exactly? Um, and, but to be fair, at least Mustafa Ali is still technically on the main roster. True, true. <laughs> um, Kofi got... Uh, <laughs> pushed down NXT but yes but what I'm saying is like you look at like the Daniel Bryan storyline which is probably the last great great storyline in WWE there wasn't that definitive angle this was the definitive angle yeah uh how many beers for yourself for the rumble <sighs> see it's tough to rate this one because it's like, oh, I did not enjoy about an hour, an hour, maybe like I didn't enjoy 50 minutes of the men's rumble, but yep. then the last 15 minutes were fucking fantastic. Like even like the Logan, Logan eliminating Seth and all that, that was fantastic. So that kind of saves the men's rumble. And the pure fact that an Aussie won a Royal Rumble completely saves the women's Rumble for me. Yeah. So I'm a little biased in that one. Um, but Bianca and Alexa was meh. Bray in LA was a stinker. Roman and Kev was fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So I'm, I'm really stuck on what to rate this. I'll give it... I'll give it a three and a half. It's like a really harsh rating, but a lot of this did stink. Yeah. I thought for me, three beers. Mm. It's like, uh, you know, if they just scrapped fucking Bianca and Alexa and they just scrapped the fucking glow-in-a-dark bullshit match, this might have been a perfect show. If yeah. it was just the three fucking matches. Yeah, I agree too. Mm. The Rumbles did feel like they were starting to get a little bit longer points in like certain sections. So I wouldn't say either Rumble is like an all-time great, but Rhea winning is great. I had one of my brothers message me and go, hey, did you watch the Rumble? I'm like, oh, please don't say that you saw the pitch black match. It's like, And then the next message is, pretty cool to see an Aussie win, isn't it? I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a... Do you think in Not the done. next in the next 10 years that we will ever see an Australian man win a Rumble? I'm just trying to think who we've got in that system at the moment. We've got what? Uh, Duke. we got Jonah. Anyone else? Yeah, there's the big one. Grayson. 
Oh, yeah, we can talk about him in one sec. Um, I suppose no better time than to uh, jump over the veg and stay. How's that for a segue for you, mate? If anyone's going to do it, out of those three, out of those three in, what, 10 years? Grayson. I think Grayson can do it. I think Grayson will win a Royal Rumble. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So NXT Veterans Day coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, What the fuck was this pre-tape with Charlotte Flair where she sounded like she was just reading lines off a bit of cardboard? That is is how she talks. (laughs) That is how she always sounds. But, But she sounded like she couldn't give two shits to be there. I've seen her cut a promo in front of 15,000 people on a SmackDown and sound like she doesn't give two shits about being there. But that's just my anti-Charlotte agenda. Um, So I watched this live. This is one of the first pay-per-views I've watched live from WWE. So I'm experiencing the, um, the Peacock ad break phenomenon for the first time. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, um, did you happen to catch Foxtel's uh, description preview text for Vegans Day? <laughs> well, I know for a fact, <laughs> as someone that used to go to Warwick's house and watch Raw every week, that in, uh, I think it was like 2015, 2016, uh, for Raw, they had in the description... Oh, WWE superstars such as Rey Mysterio and CM Punk, who were both not in the company at that time. Um, <laughs> so I know for a fact that Foxtel never fucking update that shit. Yeah, so it says, Vengeance uh, Day will feature the biggest superstars from NXT in action, including NXT champion Braun Breaker and NXT women's champion Mandy Rose with Toxic Attraction. Plus many many others. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we talked about the Charlotte promos. I wrote, I tweeted out because I was live tweeting this. Uh, it sounds like Charlotte is just reading lines devoid of any passion or charisma. <laughs> and I will just argue that is her since 2019. But um, so. I'm a bad wrestling fan. I completely yeah. forgot this was on until about 20 minutes into the show, and I was like, oh, shit, it's Grayson Waller Day. Oh, shit. yes. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, fuck. So I quit. I tuned in to see the end of Dijak and Wesley, and the end of Dijak's fucking finger. Oh, dude, that's how half my fingers are. I've broken all my fingers from playing Aussie Rules over the years. I've got I've got a pinky finger that's like that, but yeah. yeah. Um, it goes, that, and that goes on like a forty-five degree angle on past the first knuckle to the right. My goodness. No, I'm talking about mine, not a uh, Dijax. But anyway, yeah. as Alex has mentioned, opening the show is uh, Wesley defending the North American title against Dijak, and I put. Wesley in the same role as his rascal's teammate, an X-Division opener. 
I mean, this is very, uh, it's not about weight limits, it's about no limits sort of match, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I thought, you know what, this is actually a pretty good match. Booker mentions on commentary, Wesley knows how to make an impact. <laughs> well, he uh, does, that's for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, so I thought this was a pretty good match until the ending, and, like, Dijak goes to do a dive on the outside and then two people run in and commentary barely mentions who it was and the camera would cut back quickly if you didn't catch it and you're not watching regularly, you don't know who it is. And then they go back in the wing and Wesley gets the uh, win here via pinfall in 17.01 and it turns out afterwards it was Tony D'Angelo and Stax because they don't like Dijak and they saved Lee. I thought, you know, good match up until the ending. What about yourself? Uh, like I said, I pretty but much the saw, the, saw. Uh, I loved it from what <laughs> I from what I saw. Yeah, because I, I saw the the fast pace finish to the match basically, and like uh, like I actually have been watching NXT because. By the way, how did you watch this show? What what uh, service were you watching this on? I was watching this on the Foxtel WWE Network Channel 144. Oh, okay, so you're watching it on telly. I was, well, I was watching it through KO. Ooh. So, um, I could have watched it through Binge, but no, I, <laughs> but I decided to watch it through KO because. This... It's the same thing. It's basically the same thing, but two different services you have to pay for. Does KO have classic WWE events on there, or is it only binge? It's only binge. Oh, fuck me. Okay. We can discuss that another day. Which, uh, by the way, the fact that they only just added all the WrestleManias is a fucking disgrace and that they waited until the weekend of the Royal Rumble to add all the old Royal Rumbles. Fucking bullshit. Because on yep. Friday night, before the Rumble, I'm like, all right, let's get keen for the Rumble. Let's watch all the old Rumbles. I let's just watch wanted to watch Rumble matches. Yeah, I just wanted to watch the matches. I wanted to watch every single fucking Royal Rumble match in order. And it was a Friday night, and they still hadn't uploaded anything later than 2018 ridiculous but i watched the men's 2018 royal rumble match which is still one of the greatest final sixes of all time with um ray randy and cena against shinsuke finn and roman and it was like a passing of the torch of generations wow i forgot about that (laughs) Yeah, it was so good because Ray was a surprise. But yeah, um, anywho, um, I watched this on KO and I thought uh, I've what I watched the Rumble live on Binge and at times Binge was sort of playing up and it wouldn't let me rewind or fast forward occasionally. Oh boy! But KO was perfect. It was great. Yeah. Um. So from there, now I'm experiencing this for the first time. This is where I see the problem with WWE inserting all these vignettes and 
upcoming event ads and whatnot. So, <laughs> but usually I'm fast forwarding through watching this after work, like 12 hours afterwards I start. They show, and I'm not making this up, I say here, they showed Cora J throwing the NXT women's tag team tiles in the bin. Please don't say that title match is next. And then after they show that, holy shit, they go to, they actually go to an interview with the women's champs. You can't make this shit up. As next is KC Squared, Katana Chance, and Kaden Carter, the defending NXT women's tag team champions against Fallon Henley and Kiana James, who have Josh Briggs and Brooke Jensen ringside. Uh, thoughts on this match? I believe Fallon Henley is the first person who uh, made their first major North American promotion appearance in AEW to win a title in WWE. Fallon Henley and Kiana James both did. There was a photo going around of both of them in their um, AEW Dark Day debuts. Yeah, so I think they're the first people to have gone from AEW to WWE and win belts. They beat Cody. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I guess enhancement talent doesn't really count, but hey, it counts. It counts. They were on Dark. They had a record. Uh, that oh, yeah, used to yeah, matter. records. Um, but just yeah. throw them on dark for a month, it'll balance out. So do you? So I'm I'm I do sort of watch NXT. I sort of fast forward occasionally. I must have missed something because the last time I saw NXT, Fallon Henley hated Kiana James because yeah. Kiana James bought Fallon Henley's family's bar. All I know. <laughs> is this is what I think of the backstory. I put it out. I tweeted out. I said, I think the backstory is saying, like, Fallon Henley and Kiana James are sort of dating Briggs and Jensen or something to do with the family bar. I don't know. All I can think of now is the tag tiles being thrown in the bin. Well, Fallon Henley's gimmick... Oh, not Fallon Henley. Kiana James's gimmick is basically she's a real estate mogul. It's oh. so fucking mid-90s bullshit. It's like like um, certain sections of this card still have that 2.0 stank on it. Oh, and yeah. this, is, uh, this is that. Speaking of 2.0, who got attacked in the car park recently? Because they did a whole vignette on that as well during this show. Oh, that was Nikita Lyons. Do we care? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Um, the the biggest problem with them airing that whole segment where they dissect who was in the car park was that they played that whole fucking segment on NXT last week as well. <laughs> so it's it's like, all right, at least it's better than us having to watch like a fucking two minute thing on this is the backstory of fucking Bobby Lashley again. Yeah, this is the backstory of, fuck, I don't know, Andre Chase. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I thought this was an all right match, you know. Not too bad, not terrible, not great, you know, sort of all right. But 
the new champions barely get 10 seconds to celebrate before Peacock's like, throw to an ad. <laughs> Dude, they got barely any time to grab those titles out of the ref's hand before we went to an ad. Yeah. Uh, following that was match number three on the night. Two out of three falls match that sees Apollo Crews versus Camelo Hayes, who has Trick Williams in his corner. Um, this stemming from each gentleman winning a respective singles match on a TV. Yeah, basically. Oh, it's basically like, all right, you're coming down from the main event. You're going up to the main event. Let's cross paths here. Yeah. Uh, so this match, you know, is sort of a bit slow to get started. And by the 15-minute mark, Kamala Hayes here has one follow for Apollo Cruz. Okay, and then I'm just sort of like, oh, okay, well, I guess Apollo's going to get the next fall. I can go to the toilet now and, you know, go and grab a drink. And I come back and I see the next fall and Carmelo sweeps. Perfect. Perfect. Loved it. When was the last time WWE did a sweep? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time. I can't think of one in particular, but I'm sure they've done it before. But... Yeah, this is fantastic because you don't see it coming, and it's great. Um, you've sort of glossed over the huge part of this match, mate. Yeah. So, Crick uh, Williams takes off a corner pad, and Cam- he runs around the other side, lets Kamala Hayes know. But Kamala tries to run Apollo in. Apollo reverses, runs Kamala in. And then, who is this running in? That's got to be Dovacato. Um. I only recognise him as Commander Aziz, but fuck me for remembering that Apollo Crews used to have an accent. Oh, I thought you were going to say used to have friends, and I was going to say, well, where did Axiom go? Oh, yeah. Well, there's that too. Um, so, yeah. Dabakoto comes back. Uh, you know, he, Apollo's that distracted with his friend returning. He uh, loses, and then Dabakata gets in the ring, you know, he's hugging Apollo, and then he frowns, and then he lays out Apollo, and all I could think was, yes, Shano Mac returned, confirmed to run NXT Underground. (laughs) You know what? Uh, Like, this is obviously going to lead to, like, NXT Stand and Deliver, Mania Weekend, Apollo Crews versus Dabakato, but this has no other choice than to be in a Nigerian drum fight. I completely forgot about that stipulation. They have to bring it back for this feud. Run it back. Uh, (laughs) Match number four of the night for your NXT Tag Team Champions uh, Championship that sees the champions the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, defending against the team of Gallus, that's Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, Pretty Deadly, that's Elton Prince and Kit Williams, and the team of hometown hero Andre Chase representing Chase University with Duke Hudson and Bea Hale in his corner. And before this, they did a uh, insert vignette with uh, Chase, Duke, and Fia outside the building the night before, explaining like how important it is for him to come home and whatnot. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know, Chase U, hometown. Why not drop it to them, you know, and then in a few months' time you can either run them 
against Gellers or them against Pretty Deadly or them against, I don't know, Schism at Standard Deliver. But um, the ref says there's no DQs, no countouts. Then why do people have to tag if this is no oh. DQ? Yeah, I hate it. I hate that so much. Like, either dude lose your rules when somebody goes to the outside or four men are legal at once or something. Uh, yeah. It, w- it was fine, and that's like every sort of match like this in WWE, multi-person tag match at a certain point. It just descends into chaos. And then who wins but fucking Gallus? Do you remember who the guy that, who used to write NXT UK towards the end of uh, NXT UK? Sid Scala? Not no. Johnny Saint? <laughs> no, uh, I guess that was the, um, the kayfabe booker of that. But it was Shawn Michaels. Oh, gosh. Before Shawn Michaels took over... This NXT, he was in charge of the booking for NXT UK. So I immediately knew. Because in recent weeks, since Shawn Michaels taken over, it's like, oh, here's fucking A-Kid, here's Axiom, here's fucking all these uh, former NXT UK people. Here's Tyler Bate on NXT now. All right. Here's okay. Big Bella Light, whatever his new name is. Yeah, fucking McDonough. whatever. They, JD McDonough. And yeah. and here's fucking Gallus. It's oh, like, what's uh, um, Russell Young Vet's new name? Yeah, they're, they're Schism, aren't they? Yeah, they're in Schism, but they renamed their tag team as well to something yeah. else. Yeah, whatever that is. But it's like all these former NXT UK people are just all over NXT these days. And I'm like, all right. Oh, pretty deadly. Fuck. And it's like, all right, Gallus is definitely winning this. Yeah, I thought with the amount of T-shirts, not just in that Chase U section they were showing, which is like obviously a bunch of the um, PC performers, I still think oh. they just hand them out because Chase U was one of the deadest gimmicks I've ever seen. <laughs> I disagree on this show. They seem to get an all right reaction. Yeah, on this show, but I think that's just like hometown pop. Yeah, I, I still argue it wouldn't have been the worst thing to do this. Like, you are going to what WrestleMania in six weeks. It's not the worst thing for a short transitional title reign. No, but then the bell rings and Andre Chase is not it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair yeah, enough. yeah. I just don't. I, I'm never gonna buy someone being a serious threat when they're wrestling in slacks and a sweater. Hey, you leave Mark Sterling alone. Hey. You know I mean no disrespect to the great Mark Sterling, but... Uh, he's never lost a case. He's never. Except those other ones that he lost, but they don't count. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Um, did you see the preview for this Netflix show that has a Rey Mysterio cameo called Against the Ropes? Yes, it's a Spanish show. Well, it's in Spanish. Um, 
there's an English version of the trailer where they've dubbed over the voices and that's it sound well they didn't even get Rey Mysterio to dub over his own voice it's okay. some random fucking voice dubbing over Rey Mysterio <laughs> oh terrible um, <laughs> I mean looks alright I don't know see how it goes Match number five in your co-main event of the evening is Roxanne Perez against Toxic Attractions, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane in a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, <clears throat> all I could think of watching this was this is how Toxic Attractions should have ended with Mandy as champ and Gigi and JC challenging her, but oh well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I also thought I wanted Gigi and JC to win to lay call the titles. The Iconics had a chance to do that years ago during Asuka's reign. It was Asuka, Nikki Cross, and both Iconics in a fatal four-way match. Yeah. And they've never done another lay call since lay call. I don't get yep. why. Yeah, I don't get it either. Like, yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, this was a fine championship match. Roxy, some of her kicks, and I don't know if she was nervous because they're outside the PC or what, some of them didn't look to land the best, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And her pop rocks, one of them she did, didn't look the best, and I'm just like, oh, no, girl. I'm a fan of Roxy. I liked her in Ring of Honor. I just think that she's been thrust way up the card a bit too soon for the WWE system. I think so too, and I think they only did it because... Booker T they, to keep happy? No, I think they only did it just to say, like, oh, look at how young this champion is. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah... This match sort of devolves where each member of Toxic Attraction wants to win. Then they decide to team up again on the outside, setting up a table. Uh, Roxanne fights them off, goes back in the ring, goes to do like a super pop rocks on JC, and GG climbs up the turnbuckle. Roxanne pushes her off. GG goes through the table, super pop rocks to JC, and she wins to retain her championship via pinfall. You know, an all right match goes 14-42 here. Uh, I thought this was fine. But at the same time, you did the uh, change with Braun last year where he just won the title and then he dropped it to Dolph for a month and then won it back around Mania. You could have done the same thing here where you have Toxic Attraction when they hold on to it for a month as um, late as um, co-champions like a lay call. And you can have Roxanne sort of slowly working over each one where each member thinks that the other one's the weak link and they start to crack. And then you have this freeway again at um, Mania, be it elimination or some other stipulation. Yeah. I don't know, just me. Uh, then we get to the main event itself, match six on the card. The steel cage match that was only announced either that day or early in the week on social media, that it is only win by pinfall or submission, not escape the cage. 
And this is where I went, as soon as I heard that, I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, um, so it is Braun Breaker, the defending NXT championship uh, champion against Grayson Waller for the championship. Um, again, I brought up, I can't help but feel if Braun didn't drop the title to Dolph around the same time last year, his reign would feel much more dominant. Like, yes. Name a big dominant feud Braun has had that has made him look bigger other than that uh, regain of the toll against Dolph. Yeah, that's the problem. Um, I think the longer this title reign has gone on, the more Braun has been exposed as being green. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. I think the biggest problem is, especially in a feud like this with Grayson Waller, and maybe I'm a little biased, sure, <laughs> but it's really exposed Bron for being shit at promos. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Waller comes down. He's got all the babes by him, and no, I don't mean Carter Deems. He's got oh. actual women. <laughs> Come oh. on. No? Come on. No, it's just like, oh, oh I miss the babes. <laughs> so he's got all the women from the Performance Center dressed up. One of them's carrying a golden shoey that he says he'll drink out of when he wins. And he attacks Braun on the floor, and the title sort of flops to the floor, and you see it's big, dirty Velcro strap, and I'm like, oh, God damn it, WWE. Uh, did... Did you see the bit where he was walking backstage before this and he was wearing a chainmail headdress? Which one? Uh, Grayson. Yes. <laughs> yes, he was wearing the Scott Steiner fucking chainmail. Fantastic. Uh, during one point back in the cage when uh, Braun's down, Grayson does uh, like mocks Braun's barking and he barks like a Jack Russell. Yeah, he goes, yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, it's confusing watching these two championship matches back-to-back because I noted Booker T sides with Roxanne throughout her match, but now he's siding with Grayson. Like, as a viewer, am I supposed to believe Booker T or not? Yeah. (laughs) It's a good point. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, you can't chop and change if you're a heel or not, Booker. Like, be consistent. Uh, and then after I tweeted that out, Braun did a spear, did a second spear, and I went, what the actual fuck? That's not the end, right? Fuck me. What? You end up that? Holy shit. What the fuck was that? <laughs> um, the ending just came out of nowhere, felt flat, and just to finish on two spears? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Hated that. The cage played no part in this. Braun did a Brett's rope, like, fall-away suplex on um, Grayson that you could have done in a normal cage, a normal ring. The whole reason this seemed to be booked for a cage was because the rope broke. But the rope was fixed after that and didn't break again on NXT since New Year's Evil. Yes. This match sucked. This match was the second shortest on the show, only uh, longer than the women's tag match. And 
this this year sucked. The timing was for Grace in the win. Braun's been champion for so long. You could turn Carmelo face after what happened in that match. He won clean virtually against Apollo. Trick tried to cheat for him, but he won virtually clean and Commander Aziz attacked Apollo after the bell. Yeah, and also um, Carmelo has sort of flip-flopped between face and heel depending on who he's feuding with. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, him being the face chasing Grayson Waller and, you know... Grayson Waller just beating Bron and then having a two-month, one-month title reign. That's fine, because he's already got yeah. the rub from beating Bron. So, yeah. And then you have fucking Carmelo be the next big baby face on NXT. Like, admittedly, as soon as Bron won this belt, like, especially after he beat Dolph for it, for this reign... It definitely felt like, oh, we're building up to Bron versus Carmelo. But Grayson naturally got over it during that time, and they probably should have capitalized on it. The yeah. ones the ones saving Grace from all this is that I think Grayson Waller's the guy that beats Wesley for the North American belt. But that just feels like a step down now. That's the problem. It now feels like a massive step down. I'm, I don't doubt that Grayson can somehow make it work. It's the fact that you've pushed him and pushed him and pushed him in this main event position so far, so much, and now he's going to go back down to a North American title position for what? For stand and deliver? Like, yeah. Uh, unless unless we're getting Sean versus Grayson, but we can discuss that in a bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll go there in a second. One of the most controversial cage match ratings I've seen on an NXT TakeOver slash special. The cage match got a 4.78 from 92 votes. Uh, overall, the show got a 5.73. I gave this two beers. For the whole show, I will give it... Yeah, I'll give it two as well, and that's very generous. Uh, a lot of the feedback here on the cage match is just saying it was a letdown, uh, sort of not sure why the cage was there. A few people enjoyed it. Grayson found a way to get over as a heel. da 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 da, da. Yeah, that's another good point, too, this person brings up, which I forgot to bring up uh, just before chatting with you. The chants were, let's go Walla, Walla sucks. Similar to Cena, and the criticism was, the fan base is behind Cena. They're not chanting, let's go Cena, let's go MVP. Let's go Cena, let's go Miss. They're chanting, let's go Cena, Cena sucks. They weren't chanting, let's go Walla, let's go Breaker. Yeah, that's the issue. They're, yeah, they don't... They're making noise for Grayson. They're not making noise for Bron. And as much as I desperately want Bron to succeed, because I am such a Steiner Brothers, Mark, I need Bron to be a megastar. 
I think, like, this time last year, it was like, fuck yeah, bronze the next big thing. But now, it's like, oh, maybe it's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, did we talk about the clip that you sent me? Yeah, so... Wrestling News Co. So, um, Sean was on a media call via Skype, I guess, and he gets interrupted by Grayson. And Grayson basically just calls out Sean and he's like, oh, is... Am I treated this way because I don't bloody take photos with you and post them on social ma- media, like, uh, in your pose? Do you, do you want to take a photo with me? You can pretend to be Diesel and I'll be Sean. Like, <laughs> like yeah, it was fantastic. And then um, Matt Bloom, um, the former Albert, whatever, voice. Hey, what's, what's up, I train? We're just talking. We're just talking yes, about Yeah, and and Grayson gets kicked out of the room by uh, Lord Tensai himself. And yeah, it was fantastic. It was so well done. Um, and yeah, I, I really, I don't know where that goes, but it's also uh, being put on NXT's Twitter account that Grayson Waller has been suspended this week because of that. Oh. So they're they're doing something. And, you know, just because he's not in the title hunt um, doesn't mean that he's not going to be a heavily featured act. Um, So I'm thinking... Oh, yeah, and this week on... NXT, they're doing Bailey presenting Ding Dong Hello with Toxic Attraction. Yeah. Which is so weird. Why Bailey? But sure. Um, huh. Hurry up and just break him up so JG can do her thing. What about JC? Oh, she's fine, but come on, JG. Okay. We all remember that spot she used to do on the indies. Come on. Fair enough. With the certain feminine product that got all of the Uh, internet riled up. Anyway. Due to his actions during the Vengeance Day media call, Grayson Waller... Oh, he's changed his profile picture to that photo. Yeah. Has been suspended for one week. I have a look at his Twitter account at the moment. Um... Yeah, I'm really sorry, Sean. Let me back. I promise I'll take a nice photo with you like the other fans in the locker room. <laughs> Definitely uh, has nothing to do with what I said to him at Gorilla or my tweet earlier. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah, this tweet. <laughs> yeah, he, he put out a, a gif of Brett spitting on Sean. Um. Oh. Like, if you recall, early in the Grayson Bron angle um, uh, storyline, when Bron did the spear to Grayson and Grayson had the steel plate under his jumper, yeah. the callback to the Brett Goldberg spot, the good Brett Goldberg spot, um, 
Uh, yeah, so, like, after that happened, um, I believe Grayson tweeted out something along the lines of, like, oh, I'm going to... Did I make all the Shawn Michaels suck-up fanboys backstage in the locker room cry? I know who the true goat is or something. With a picture of him side-by-side uh, side with Brett with the steel plates. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So he's been, like... He's been poking the bear of Shawn Michaels for a while now. I really am curious as to what he does, where this is going. Um, but I still just think he's probably just going to end up getting given the NXT North American title. I mean, I don't mind that stable. It works. It works. There was like a video of him on a house show and they did, the, the three of them did the entrance together and he did Mandy Rose's entrance. Uh, so for like context, he did all. Go on. Yeah. Uh, he did all of Mandy Rose's things, like laying on the apron the way she used to and winking at the camera and shit. Oh, uh, very funny. So for context, it's a uh, photo of Grayson with the two remaining members of Toxic Attraction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. I mean, I'd rather... Grayson be champ because he's freaking actually entertaining and amazing and can actually cut a promo, can actually wrestle. The fans wanted to see it. Yes, exactly. Um, and you've got to strike while the iron's hot. You can't just play around and then go come back to it like six months later with Mr. Candy and then go, oh, what's that? You got a wellness violation now. I guess you won't be getting that told run after all. I think Grayson gets called up this year. Yeah, well, I thought Braun wouldn't have the title still going into WrestleMania weekend. No, no. I think we all thought he was going to drop it by the Rumble and debut on the main roster, but I think we've seen now why he hasn't debuted on the main roster. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else of... Uh... Note for you. Ah, uh, yes. I watched uh, Raw today. Oh, God. How'd that go? Um, it was a really, really fun show. Um, there was, like, a, they announced that Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Finn and Rhea at the Elimination Chamber, which, by oh, the way... God. Yeah. Which, by the way, that card is stacked now. Um, because they also announced Lashley versus Lesnar at Elimination Chamber. Oh, at the Chamber, not at Mania. Which does leave something open, which was those rumours about Gunther versus Brock. So that's still technically on the table now which I really want to see. Yeah. I was so pissed off that, like, Gunther and Brock are about to go at it at the Rumble and then Lashley comes out and interrupts it. I was like, oh, fuck. But um, also, 
Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes had a dueling promo today on Raw, which has to be seen to believe, to be believed. It was an absolute goosebump, inciting, like, amazing, incredible promo. Uh, Paul comes out, Cody basically says, uh, in, it was the year 2000, my parents had $100 in their savings account because things had just dried up. Dad was no longer in WCW. And then my dad had, Dusty Rhodes had to do car commercials, not for the money, but to be allowed to keep the car that he had. And he filmed local car commercials. And then Paul Heyman called him up and said, hey, we have this kid, Steve Carino, and we really want you to work with him for a few matches and we will pay you very well. And Cody's like, and that helped me get through school, all that. You saved our family that summer. And it was such a beautiful fucking promo. And then, like, Paul starts crying because every Cody Rhodes promo involves someone crying, right? Um, yeah. And then Paul starts talking about how much he loved Cody's dad. And he said, and I remember the last thing I ever said to your, uh, your father ever said to me was that you were his favorite son. But you got to remember, Dusty Rhodes, he trained and prepared Bailey. He trained and prepared Becky Lynch. He trained and prepared. Uh, he trained and prepared Seth Rollins. He trained and prepared Roman Reigns. But he never trained or prepared you for the main event. And Dusty told me the last thing he ever said to me: "Cody is my favorite son." But Roman is the son that I wish I had. And it got the <laughs> most insane amount of heat. And it was such a beautiful fucking dueling promo between two of the best promos going around. And it's just a segment you have to see to believe. It's fantastic. I didn't do it any justice. And also what happened on Raw today, just to take you away from the good shit, um... Baron Corbin lost another match and then JBL dumped him. <laughs> Wait, what? Baron Corbin lost to Dexter Loomis, so JBL backstage broke up with Baron Corbin. I guess he's going back to Bermuda. I guess. I, I hope this leads to us getting bum-ass Corbin again. I want sad Corbin to come back. Mustard stains. Yeah, mustard stain Corbin. Bring it back. It was the only time Baron Corbin's ever been interesting. Um, what about when he wasn't wearing shirts and you saw his tummy? Oh, that was the worst. And his fucking symbiote-looking fucking hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> looked like a symbiote was attaching to him. Um, so what's going on with MVP? Is he reforming the Hurt Business for, like, the seventh time? Yeah, so on Raw today, there was a promo. Oh, it was in the background of the JBL and Baron Corbin promo. 
And in the background, you say MVP shaking hands with Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. And then on Raw today, Shelton and Cedric bait the Alpha Academy. So I think we are setting up the return of the Hurt business, but hopefully it gets done fucking properly this time. Dude, I have no care in the Hurt business. I don't mind it as long as it... Because it's a way to feature Lashley, and it's the best way to feature Lashley with a bunch of henchmen around him. Um, so he stays a bit of an attraction. Um, yeah, but it's been stop, start, stop, start. Yeah, that's the problem. But MVP is such a great mouthpiece for Lashley. Anything uh, else before we wrap up? Yeah, so they we finally got the Becky Bailey cage match. Yep. And before the match, Becky said in a backstage promo, I've got tricks up my sleeve to help me win this match if things get out of hand. And lo and behold, Dakota and Eos try to get involved in the cage match when all of a sudden Lita comes out. <laughs> and wow. it, Tax Dakota and Eo. So we're doing some weird Becky and Lita pairing now. Okay. Yeah. So I just thought that was noteworthy. Uh, besides that, that is this week's Raw. Ah, thank you, sir. I suppose uh, anything else at all, or is that a, that's about it? Oh, that's about it. Um, uh, Carmella's going to be in the women's chamber. She beat fucking Piper Niven and fucking uh, some other people. I can't remember, but some decent people. Um, they're really going hard with this Chelsea Green is a Karen gimmick. Oh, God. And she's backstage and she wants to speak with the manager, so she speaks to Adam Pearce and she wants to be put in a match against someone from the Elimination Chamber so she can have their spot. And lo and behold, out comes Asuka, and Asuka just murders Chelsea Green. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, what's been going on over at SmackDown? Are you guys uh, still on summer break? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, we have a podcast recorded... Uh, we're just waiting for it to get put out. So hopefully that comes out shortly. Uh, you can find that at Sid underscore pod on Twitter. And you can search up Smacking Now Podcast wherever you find podcasts. You can find me at Fruity's Alex on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at WrestleOzStar with an AUS on Instagram and Twitter. Search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStar. And you can find Chris at... At um, Chris Funder or on Twitch at... Chris Funder. You can listen to the Wrestling Monster Archive for free on SoundCloud, your podcast, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or using the RSS feed found the channel. It's by for your podcast choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day. We'll speak to you next time.
Man, that was a lot of wrestling to talk about. Yeah, I can't wait until the wrap next month where we talk about uh, Elimination Chamber and uh, Bell the Belts and uh, everything else. Just you wait until bloody uh, WrestleMania week where we've got like four days worth of actual shows, not in terms of days, in terms of length, to discuss on one wrap. Oh my god, Chris, I totally forgot to discuss the first ever live episode of NWA Power Row. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, we're out of time. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs>